Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning as I scramble to get everything ready. And, you know, I, I haven't been in here enough. I think they're going to have to retrain me. But I have either really good or really bad news for the listeners. I'm going to be in here at least the next three weeks. So then we might take a break. We'll see. We got some scheduling conflicts coming up over the next month. And then we'll be getting into fall and we'll settle back into our uh, our our 9 to 11 spot as we get into the winter. And then we'll be pretty stable. So, Summer always gets a little uh, up and down. You know, our great pals at the golf show join us, and we kind of switch things around so we can get both shows in. And then we have Broncos training camp and football starting. And, you know, so we always do a little bit of juggling. But we're almost down to that stable stable part of the year. But we have a lot to cover, and I've been doing a lot of catching up. Uh, even though I wasn't on last week, I was around, did some uh, did a little bit of investigation. And I've been traveling a lot, too. And I've got some things. We're going to take you all the way from Fort Peck Reservoir to the reservoirs around here. And we're going to get caught up on a lot of fishing. And Nate Zielinski later on is going to start his hunting. Well, he's already started. He's going to really start getting into the hunting, though. You need to be getting ready now. We're going to talk about to the folks at Colorado Clays about that, too, about really getting ready. You know, dove hunting season is coming up. And I firmly believe that dove season was a conspiracy started by the ammunition companies to sell shotgun shells. If you've ever hunted doves, you'll know what I mean. But, um, in fact, I uh, you should always follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We're going to start doing some contests again pretty soon. I'm going to round up some giveaways, so we'll get that taken care of. And you're going to have to know the trivia answer that's on Facebook to win what we uh, – we get some pretty good prizes. Also, we are um, – uh, I just reposted a Denver. I, I reposted three Denver Post articles this last week that I wrote last year, a little later in the year than this. And so, a couple of them are fishing, and one is about getting ready for hunting. And those are great ones. The reason I reposted them is even though it's a different season this year, you can use that information to see what happened last year to help you as you prepare for this year going into it because now you've got on-the-ground information and you can kind of relate that. It gives you a starting point. So I'll be doing that off and on over the next few months. But let's let's go right now to the phones. And joining me, one of our favorite contributors, we get him on a lot, a man who changed my opinion of lake trout fishing in the summer, Mr. Bernie Keefe. Good morning, Bernie. Morning, Terry. How you guys doing? You know, I'm doing okay. The sun is shining here. It was kind of cloudy up by my place. I guess uh, Sunday and Monday are supposed to be beautiful days, but uh, it's Colorado, and people need to be outdoors, Bernie. There's so much going on. I know we want to talk about what's going on at Granby. We want to talk about the bite, and I'll explain my remark about what you changed my opinion in a little bit. And then we're going to talk about some new products that came out. I just got back from ICAST not too long ago, and you're uh, looking at a few new products, and uh, and we may try to get to some of those too. But let's first talk about you took a trip recently to a reservoir that I love, and that's Fort Peck, Montana. Tell people a little bit about that. Oh, that was an, an incredible, incredible fishery. We, it's 150 miles long. Um, some of the bays are bigger than Lake Grandy. It gets windy up there, but you can always find somewhere to fish out of the wind, and the fishing's incredible. Uh, we got just pitching jigs, not knowing much of anything. We got plenty of walleye up to 25 inches. 
Uh, we got lots of smallmouth up to 18, 19 inches. Then we got, oh, we went lake trout fishing. In the first hour and a half we were doing that, we had 28 to 14 pounds. So it was just, it was an incredible fishery, a beautiful place, really nice people. The thing, if you go up there, you got to kind of be prepared and a little bit self-sufficient because there's not a, round, not a lot around up there. No, there isn't. I stayed at, I can't remember the name, there's one lodge kind of at the end of the lake. I was up there with the PWT, the Professional Walleye Trail, when I was up there. Um, but it's a beautiful body of water, and there's great fishing. And then there's the lake uh, right below Peck. Is that Sakakawea, or is that further down? I can't remember. But there's a number of lakes up there. Um, you went without a guide. If somebody was going up there, now, just so folks know, you and I aren't promoting. We don't have any promotion for anybody up there in particular. We're just trying to give people some heads up about what they can do. Um, I was uh, I obviously up there for a tournament, so it was a different situation. You're up there. You sounds like you went unguided. You just did you find accommodations or how did you handle the trip? Now we brought our camper up there, and so we just stood in the primitive camping up there. And then when we went fishing, it was, you know, walleye fishing was simple. Just go fish points. Um, smallmouth was the same thing and fish the trees. And then the lake trout, we just went looking at humps until we found the right depth of the humps the lake trout were in. And then we just did that. And it was, it was super simple, super basic fishing. It was just a matter of don't get intimidated by a huge body of water. Just as you know, the, the the most cliche thing in the world, just go fishing. Well, you know, and you just understand where your fish are going to be sitting, you know, on points and stuff like that. It becomes a lot easier. Well, when we uh, when I was writing for in fishermen for many years, one of our our big mantras on those huge bodies of water was don't attack the whole lake. Break it down into sections. Treat a section like a lake in itself, whether it's a big bay or a couple points along a flat. And fish that and break it down because those big big lakes, unless there's a huge fish migration certain times of the year, you can do that, and there's usually something catchable. I guess the last thing, because I want to move on to what's going around here, but if somebody's saying, boy, I've heard about that, I just want to pull my camper up, or I want to take a tent, I want to take my truck and my boat. Um, if somebody wanted to go up there, you'd recommend going to Fort Peck. Oh, my gosh. I, I, we're, we're looking already forward to going back next year. It's such an incredible place. Yeah, great. I, I agree completely. I did some great fishing up there. Tremendous place. Let's talk a little bit about here. I made a comment as I was opening the show that you changed my philosophy on lake trout fishing. And before you and I met, which, gosh, goes back over almost about 20 years, I think, now, Bernie, maybe even more. But before you we and I met. Had hair. Yeah, I've still got hair. It's just really gray. <laughs> oh, I don't have any anymore. But, you know, um, I used to fish Granby a lot. I considered it one of my body's water that I really knew, and I helped, you know, develop some techniques up there and things. And uh, I, But I would fish it in the—I'd ice fish it, of course. I'd fish it in the spring for big fish, and then I'd fish the fall before freeze-up for that spawn bite where you get all those— uh, all those uh, nice size, you know, 16 to 24 inch fish where you get those 30, 40 fish days. And that's how I fished it. And I stayed away for it in the summer because my mind told me that the water would get too warm, the lake trout would be too deep, and it would be an exercise in frustration. But you certainly have proved that wrong. And you've been catching lake trout on a year round basis up there consistently, both big fish and numbers. So why don't you kind of tell us what's going on up there? Well, you know, the bite, the, you got to work for the bite. You got to be very, very precise with your presentation. You got to take the time to hunt down the fish. 
Um, and then when you do get fit, you got to capitalize on it. Because if you're going for big fish, you got to do all that stuff and be happy with eight or ten bites in a whole day. So you're not going to get bit a lot. It's nothing crazy. And those eight or ten bites, five of those might come in within a 30-minute period. So it makes it even tougher throughout the rest of the day. Now what I can do, and I'm going to do a video on this later when I get my next day off. Um, if you just want to go come up here, any lake trout lake, and go fishing. But Granby right now, you go find an edge, either the bottom of a, of a drop that stops in 70 to 100 feet of the water or the top that starts in 70 to 100 feet of water, and you just go sit there. You don't want to drift around. If you have an electric motor, spot lock it. It'd be tough to anchor on it, but you can anchor it. And sit there and wait for the fish and start fishing, and the fish will come to you. Um, you'll catch fish, but you have to – it's like fishing a, a lot of other places where you just have to give the, the fish a chance to find you, and you have to have patience with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not – fishing lake trout this time of the year is – uh, the way you're doing it up there is not run-and-gun fishing like we might do early spring or fall where if we're not seeing fish, we're on to another location and we're not spending a lot of time. And you're not necessarily – you're looking more for the structure first is what you're telling us and then not necessarily fish on it. And you probably have to sit on that structure to determine whether fish might come by, what, an hour or more? You know, yeah, you sh- within a half hour you should – get a bite or two or see something on your grass. Um, but, yeah, then you just have to have patience. And what I'm dropping down on, the these are just um, for the eaters, that 15 to 20-inch fish. What I'm dropping down on them on a calm morning, I'm going a 3-8-ounce leadhead, and then I'm just going a bio-bait tube. It's either going to be um, their white one or their slime. Uh, those are two of my best ones. And then I'm putting a little piece of sucker meat on it, and I'm fishing it slow and methodically down there. And when we do that, we've been getting fish. Um, it's not uncommon in three hours to have five to eight fish in the boat. So it's not fast fishing right now, but I don't think it's going to be fast. It won't be. But it's not uncommon to have, you know, you'll, you'll get your limits of fish and you'll catch fish. You just have to have patience with it. Now, if you're chasing big fish, you really need patience, don't you? Yeah, and you and you got you got to go hunting. You know, it's um, one of my clients always tells me when he books a trip right before he goes, I either want to hunt elk, trophy elk, or I want to hunt quail. And so, what he always said, what what that is, is he either wants a lot of bites from little fish, or he's willing to get one or two bites from big fish in a day. Um, and that's you know when you look at fishing for big fish this time of year that's a lot of what it is you got to be willing to sacrifice a lot of time and then capitalize on the one or two opportunities you get in the day how big are those big fish bernie uh well we had a 39 and a half this week we had a 38 these are inches um numerous fish over 30 i think we averaged two a day over 30 um and then we had six to eight that were 20 to 30 inches, and then and that was each day. And then we probably had three or four 15 to 20 inches each day. Oh, yeah. So you're still catching fish, and you know, but you, you, you can more consistently, when you find those small ones, ones that 
you know, our keepers, our eaters. You can find those. You're going to get a more consistent bite. But it's still not going to be fast fishing. How long before the bite starts to pick up? I mean, we need to get those lake trout shallow. We need that water below 55 degrees. Well, I didn't ask you that. By the way, what is the water temperature and how full is the lake? It's 70, 69, 70 degrees, and the lake is full. It's right at its high water mark. Um, no more adding water to it. I don't know when they're going to start dropping it down. We keep getting this moisture, and it's just going to stay full. All right. And then when will the bite start picking up where maybe a little less patient fisherman can have a little luck? Uh, I'm going to say, you know, through September it's going to start to get better, but it's still going to be you're going to have to work for it. And then later in, in, uh, later in September and October is when it will get really good for the numbers bite again. So what about the other species up in your area, all the lakes up there, the, the, the browns, the rainbows, the kokanee, the pike? What's going on with those? You know, the, let's go over to Wolford first with the kokanee. That's pretty good. The trollers are getting them. They should get be getting down to a depth pretty soon where you can spoon them, but I know the trollers are doing well. Um, the rainbows down at Wolford are doing very well. They're catching a lot of them from tro- trolling from the boat near the bank and a few from the bank. Um, coming to Williams Fork, the piker, the piker, okay fishing. You just got to hit that magic window when they're biting. And if you do get that cloudy, overcast, breezy day, then you really set yourself up for a good morning or a good afternoon. Um, coming up the road at Granby, we just talked about the lake trout. The rainbows, there's still some being caught along the shoreline. The browns are getting really tough. You'll catch a couple, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't come up here targeting browns right now. I'd just come up here for, from the bank, just try to catch fish. Um, Monarch has some good brookie fishing right now, and they're up to 15 inches. Meadow Creek has tiger trout in it, and Monarch and Tiger and Meadow Creek both, it's real good in the evening, that last half hour before dark after the sun goes down. And Grand Lake, they're, we're catching 15 to 17, 18-inch lake trout out there. And the rainbow bite, it's still kind of there. It's okay, but you really, if you're going to fish Grand Lake, you really want to do it from a kayak, a tube, or a boat because there's just not a lot of shore access in the better spots. Okay. Well, that sounds like, but it's a lot. And, of course, you can always get a lot of information by going to Fishing with Bernie. Is that both online and Facebook? Online and Facebook and my Instagram account. Yeah, and there's always, you have a fishing report. One of the things about Bernie is you have a great guide service. If people want to learn to fish these, they can spend time with you. Um, the other the other thing is you're always so willing to share information. That's why you're such a great contributor to this program, because you're going to help the people. We want them to get out fishing. A couple of things, I'm going to keep you about 30 seconds more, but we mentioned Spotlock. What an incredible addition to modern day trolling motors that's been but real quick you said Lawrence just came out with something new that you're just really thrilled with oh my gosh they came out with that new live site and if you're when we were going down the bank up in fort peck and casting towards ridges and stuff you could see every bench right in front of you you could see the twigs right you know i had to set out to the side so we could see everything as when we we're going we knew exactly when to stop the boat we knew we, we could just tell everything what to do with everything, and it was so nice. We caught so many more fish because we knew what was over there, and we knew to pause the boat a little bit more. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Bernie, we are out of time. I got some other great, as good as you are, there are other good segments coming up, but we need to get you back on soon. We'll keep track of the bite, and you and I need to get in the boat soon. Terry, you're coming up whenever you want. You have a great day. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That's Fishing with Bernie. Bernie Keith, thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. All-time number one American band, the Eagles. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones, and we are joined by Devin Toll from the Arkansas Headwaters. Good morning, Devin. Morning, Terry. How you doing? You know, I'm doing great. The sun is shining here at the studio, which makes it hard to be in here, Devin. I'll tell you what. You get to the summer, and you look outside, and you just know you should be on the water somewhere. And speaking of water... It has certainly been a different water year than it was last year. The reservoirs are full. The rivers, a lot of them are still running, and you're able to take advantage of so many activities. Tell us, uh, first of all, let's tell people where the Arkansas Headwaters Park is located. Kind of describe the park. So it's a very unique state park. Um, It pretty much runs from just south of Leadville um, all the way to Lake Pueblo. Um, So there's not really a gate that you drive into the state park. Um, They're just kind of access points all down the river. Uh, Very, very unique when it comes to a a state park. Well, and because of those access access points, there's so many of the activities that just the everyday person can access um, by themselves, privately if they want, or with guides and outfitters. And if you're camping, you've got a number of campgrounds up and down the river, right? Yes, amazing, amazing campgrounds. Um, all located um, pretty much right by the the river. Um, Beautiful, beautiful views. Um, It's amazing. And then, of course, that gives you access for fishing and boating and a number of other things. Let's talk about it a little bit. First of all, let's talk about the water flows. Last year, I, I looked back and I was writing some articles for the Denver Post last year, and I talked about the fishing through the course of the year at the Arkansas River. Had some great fishing, but some low flows at times, which we were kind of afraid of at one point. Fall, then it really turned on. The water got a little colder. But those browns tend to get a little bit of a growth spurt when that happens. But the rafting was kind of an issue last year because the river was running low. I got a feeling that's not the case this year. No, not at all. Um, we have had an amazing water year. I'm here on the Arkansas. We were just talking the other day about how um, right now the flow is just about 100 CFS lower than what it peaked at last year. Wow. That's just amazing. So let's talk about how that affects stuff. I imagine we'll get to the fishing in a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about that. But let's talk about the rafting. The rafting opportunities down there, the whitewater or just family drifting type opportunities, must have been fantastic during the year. Where are they at right now, and what do you see coming up? So for your average person looking to come rafting, um, it is still an unbelievably great experience. I think the experience is always amazing no matter what. Um, But right now, the water level is what I would call at the higher end of moderate in most sections. Um, which means you're going to move really fast and you're going to have these big splashes and um, the rapids are really, really exciting. Um, The water is amazingly clear for how high it is because it went so high, washed everything out. And I don't know, I've been in this valley for quite a while and I don't know if I've ever seen the water 
this high and still so clear. It's beautiful, the conditions in the river right now. Now, because there's higher water, are there is there a resource, so say I'm an average person, uh, my, I'm going to get to using an outfitter and why I think your first trip you should, but let's just say I own a raft or maybe I'm even, I, do people do some tubing? I don't know, but I've got some kind of a device that I want to go on the river. Is there a resource where I can kind of look at the river and decide where the best point for me to enter is based on my abilities? There is. Um, there are several ways to look at water flows. Um, the one that I use is called American Whitewater. They have a, a great website. Um, they, you can look at their National River database, and it will tell you what the water level is at in each section. And there's even a little description of, of the section itself. Um, and it's also a great, um, it's a great resource for um, protecting our rivers in this country. So it's a really, really good resource and a really, really cool um, website. So does it does it indicate or do you does the park have a map that indicates where I can put in and take out? Yes, um, there is a there is a, a AHRA map that's easily found on the website um, Colorado State Parks. Find the AHRA page. Um, there's a really really great map on there. Now, if I'm coming down to raft, if I'm really inexperienced, first of all, I either want to come when the flow is very gentle or pick a section that's gentle. I would imagine the Arkansas offers everything from some pretty incredible rapids to some pretty still areas. Can you find both? You can. Um, the Arkansas is a, kind of a unique river in that I wouldn't call any section um, like just a, just a easy, easy float. There's always current. Um, it's kind of a shallow riverbed. So there's, there's always, you know, you should take precautions. Um, you should use all your safety equipment. But there are definitely sections that are more scenic, um, more gentle. Um, there are so many sections um, upstream to downstream that are just beautiful and family-friendly and really, really fun. And then, of course, there's some where you can challenge the rapids a little bit. Unless, you, If you're going to one of those more challenging sections, unless you're really experienced, my advice is usually to run that with an outfitter first. They're going to take you through. There's going to be obstacles and things. Of course, they'll change during the course of the season that you'll find out um, about that will make you a much safer and a much better trip your first time. Let's shift gears while i got a couple minutes left and talk about the fishing. Last year, the fishing was really good early because the flows settled down, and we had those browns were kind of in a growth in an eating spurt, and then we kind of tapered off as the water got warm, picked up in the fall. I would think it's probably a little different this year. You've probably been fishing a lot of high water, and the fishing's just starting to get good. Is that a pretty good summation? Yeah. Um, fishing is really challenging on this river at high water. It's not it's not very clear. You can't see anything. And the, the water is moving so fast that the fish aren't very active. Um, they kind of, they kind of burrow down and hide for most of high water. Um, but now it's starting to get clear. It's a little bit slower than it was. Um, fish are starting to, um, starting to want to get out and eat food. And, um, you see it when you're on the river, you are, are, are always seeing fish jump, um, in the last couple of weeks. Well, and one thing we should talk, too, about the Arkansas right now, and the fact is because of the way the park is set up, there's lots of shore access, 
but the water's probably ro- rolling fast enough where I'd be a little careful about wading. But it's a great river if you've got a drift boat or a, at least an inflatable one to come down and do some fishing from drifting. They do that a lot there. Have you heard any reports on which way they're doing best? Um, no, I haven't heard anything. I haven't talked to – I'm not a big fisherman myself, and I haven't talked to uh, to very many of my fishermen buddies recently – um, I do know that it's still, you were right, it is still a little bit high for it to be prime fishing. So we're still kind of in the process of working down to a flow that is like perfect fishing. Um, but because of that high water, what I have heard is that fish, um, you know, they, they, they've made it through high water and they're starting to get active again and they're hungry. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of active. I think going into late August into September, it's going to be unbelievable. Devin, we have to run, but thank you so much. Hopefully people will get down and enjoy the, you know, we've got one of the greatest whitewater rafting rivers in the world right in our backyard. Hopefully people take advantage of that. Yeah, thank you very much. You bet. That's Devin from uh, Arkansas Headwaters. We'll take a quick time out. We come back. We're going to... uh, we're going to talk some more outdoors as we take you to a special day at Cheyenne Mountain right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Cheyenne Mountain is uh, Lindsay Harrell. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Terry. It's a beautiful day here. You know, there's a few clouds, but the temperature's mm-hmm. great and Oh, it's the reason we live in Colorado, I can't help but think that it isn't beautiful at Cheyenne Mountain right now. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. We have wildflowers growing, and all the rain has brought really lush green grass to us. It's absolutely beautiful right now. And you're the only, only park that sits on top of a NORAD command center. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> People hear Cheyenne Mountain, they see it in the movies, but don't picture it like that. Hey, before we get, let's describe the park a little more. you got a big event coming up, but let's let's talk about the park. The park is, it's a tremendous, tremendous facility. Um, what are some of the draws? I know hiking and wildlife watching, right? Oh, yes, of course. We have a lot of biodiversity in the park. Um, so we have a lot of runners and hikers that come. We have camping, RV and tent camping. Um, we have mountain biking and as well as archery. We have two different types of ranges. We have a field and 3D range. Uh, there's 28 spots for that. And we also have a static range that goes from 10 to 80 yards. Well, you know, it's that time of the year oh, when yeah. we're going to be really pushing the hunters. Don't wait till archery season for pronghorn starts in just a couple weeks. You've got to be out there practicing. And those 3D ranges are so incredible because too many people go to the static range, and you need to do that and practice. Mm-hmm. But then they get in the field, and the shot is looking down a hill or shooting around a tree or those kind of things where those 3D ranges give you that. They force you to shoot from different positions and things and uh, really, really sharpen your skills. That's so important. You know, another thing that's great at Cheyenne Mountain, you guys have an incredible trail system that I, I believe you expanded on over the last year. Oh, we have. So we have a new addition, um, the Dixon Trail, which will take you all the way to the top of Cheyenne Mountain. It's about a 17-mile hike, so you want to start nice and early, and you want to make sure you keep your eye on the weather so you don't get caught in an afternoon thunderstorm. We're good to have those here in Colorado. 
but and it's just beautiful. And on those trails, I think you have different types of use on trails. And you have trails down lower for anybody. If you're just looking for, a, like you said, a walk to see the wildflowers or the wildlife, it's fantastic. And if I remember right, too, you've got some gorgeous picnic areas. Oh, yes. We have a lot of picnic areas just off of Coyote Run. Um, you can just walk in and use them. There's really nice grills. I just used one myself last weekend. Um, already there, ready for you to use. Uh, this is a question I'm going to plead ignorance on, but do you have group picnic areas that people can reserve for events and things? We sure do. Um, and you can find those on our Colorado Parks and Wildlife website, or you can just call our visitor center to get more information on now, reservations. And I imagine they do family reunions, weddings, oh, just about yeah. anything at those things. I, I want to get to an event you have coming up. You know, one of the things that Parks and Wildlife works really hard at, and one of the things this show is dedicated to, is getting people outdoors mm-hmm. and getting them involved in outdoor hobbies, getting them away from the TV, hopefully not away from the radio. They can take it with them. <laughs> but getting them outdoors. And, you know, because the outdoors, I've been such an evangelistic person about getting youth and other people outdoors. I think it brings a bonding time between friends and family. It brings... Uh, a value system that is so unique in our society today. There's just so many rewarding things that come from outdoor activities and health. And there's just so many things that go on. So we're all dedicated to kind of doing that. The two biggest reasons that people don't get outdoors more, one is access. And Cheyenne Mountain provides lots of access, obviously. Um, The other is a little bit of knowledge to get started. So you've got an event coming up, I believe, next weekend. And it's going to help some of those people get started in some of these activities. Tell me about that. Yes. So this is our fourth annual Adventure Day event that we're going to have. And we're it's a slight contest, but really we're trying to give a taste of what different recreational uses you can have in our state park system. Uh, we'll have different stations with uh, archery, we will have atlatl throwing this year. So the atlatl is a precursor to the um, historic bow and arrow. So we'll have that available. We'll have hatchet throwing as well as wildlife watching and birding. Um, and, of course, the classic skins and skulls will be there. So with our stations, you'll show up at 9 a.m. to the Lime Kiln Trailhead. You will gather your map and your stamp sheet and start heading out to the stations and once you complete a station you get a stamp if you get an every stamp is a ticket so you'll get your raffle tickets when you get all of your stamps and then you can qualify for different raffle prizes which all the raffle prizes are related to the outdoors and bonding with family and friends. So we have a pair of fishing poles that we'll put out together in a tent that you can camp in with your friends. Uh, There's even going to be a bike there. So there's going to be a lot of fun prizes and a lot of fun opportunities to try different recreational hobbies. Now, I see a couple of the stations I'm looking, and one of them says fishing, and you guys really don't have water there. How am I going to (laughs) fish? Tell me about that. All righty. So we're going to have a boat. We will have fish, but they're going to be plastic fish. Um, You'll use a real fishing pole that just has a fake um, weight on the bottom. You'll cast 
and try to catch one of the plastic fish. And it's actually a lot easier than it sounds. I tried it myself. I was skeptical that I would be able to do it. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. And we're going to have a boat, one of our DNR boats there for people to stand in and fish out of. That'll be fun. I see something. This is this is new, I think. I don't remember seeing this before, and that's lasso throwing. Oh, yes. So our lasso throwing is a tribute to our property's history. Uh, we were a ranch before a park, and lasso throwing is quite a trait to learn, and we're going to have that available for people to see if they can rope some steers that we have. The last one I want to mention, and that's the the shooting. You have a twenty two range set up mm-hmm. there, and so you know you're shooting with a very low caliber but live ammunition, very safety monitored. I think exposing people to firearms in a totally safe way where they're instructed and monitored is a great way to get people to understand firearms and to maybe overcome a fear and help them react if they're in a situation where somebody, you know, is showing them a firearm or something where they know the proper safety things. I think that one's a great one, too. So tell people again the times and dates of this and and when is it, and how long it goes on. Oh, and there's food trucks, and I believe oh, yeah. the food trucks are the only thing that you, you buy the food. Other than your parks pass, everything else is free, right? Correct, yep. So give us the times and dates. Okay. So August 3rd is the date, and the event will begin at 9 a.m., and it will all of our stations will go until 1 p.m., and then at 1, we will start bringing people in to call off the raffle prizes. All right. And, of course, there's going to be activities. I'm sure the food trucks will stick around. There's going to be things you can do at the park all day long. What a great time to come out and see Cheyenne Mountain State Park and get involved. Thank you so much for joining us, um, Lindsay, and hopefully you'll get a great turnout. Thank you very much. You bet. That's Lindsay from Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. If you're into Harley Davidson's and Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, you need to stay tuned for this next segment by our friends at Sun Power Sports on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones. You know, the Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you by um, Sun Power Sports, and we talk a lot about their ATVs and the Kawasaki's and the Hondas and the Can-Ams and the different import models of motorcycles, the side-by-sides. And we talk about those a lot for trail riding and for hunting and fishing and ice fishing. But they also have a full-blown Harley store on the same campus. And we're joined now by Mark Kite because he's got some really special things going on there. Good morning, my friend. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. And uh, we saw... uh, a line of a bunch of Harleys coming in today, and I thought right away about you guys. Uh, there's an event coming up that started like a million years ago as an outlaw motorcycle rally up in uh, up in the Dakotas at Sturgis that's turned into one of the events in the motorcycle world with so much going on. And you're going to kick off the week before with something special at Sun, aren't you? Yeah, we are. We've got all kinds of 
stuff going on, you know. So today we've got a huge event going on, Tara, that's just awesome. You know, uh, down at Sun Harley-Davidson, we're giving away a Harley-Davidson today, which is awesome. We're also giving an all-expenses VIP trip to Sturgis that's all paid as well today. So lots of good stuff going on. You know, we've got a DJ here. Uh, we've got a dice roll game. You can win 25000 in cash, a Harley-Davidson or a Polaris Razor. Lots of vendors are on hand. It's just going to be an awesome day. You know, the street, we've got a street closure, and the streets are already filling up. So it's just, it's already starting off to be a great event. Well, a couple things. First of all, even if you're, even if you don't win something down there, the week before Sturgis, come down to like this pre-Sturgis party, I can't help but believe that you're not going to have so many of the Harley enthusiasts there talking and sharing memories and talking about whether they're taking the trip this year and having something to eat and just rubbing elbows. That's got to be going on. Well, it is, you know, I mean, it's the community, which is just awesome, you know, I mean, it's just one big family, to be honest with you, and that's what's going on today, you know, I mean, whether you win something or you don't win something, you're absolutely right. It's just a great time to come down, you know, rub elbows, say hello to your friends, you know, that kind of thing. Ortiz Custom Cycles is here. We've got a bunch of custom Harleys on site to look at, and there's just a lot of cool stuff going on, man, a lot, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Now, as far as winning, is there a, when are the, are they drawings, and when's the timeline to register, or how does that work? So we had pre-registrations that have been going for like the last month and a half or so. Today is a last chance registration, so you can come down and come to the KYGO tent and uh, have a possibility of winning a key today uh, for that bike giveaway. And the odds are pretty good. It's one in 500 is all. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good odds, you know, of winning that Harley today. But there is a last chance qualifier today, uh, you know, going on right now uh, down here at Sun Harley-Davidson. Yeah, and then what about the trip? Is that already taken care of, or is there still a chance to win that? So, no, the trip to you, there's still some chances to win the trip that will be given away here this morning, um, and then we'll be giving away that VIP uh, all-expense-paid trip to Sturgis here right after the bike giveaway. So all that stuff will be given away today, and you can still there's still opportunities to win both here this morning. For people who've never been to Sturgis, Mark, kind of explain what it's evolved into, what goes on up there. Well, it's just, you know, it's the biggest rally in the United States, you know, I mean, lots of stuff going on and it's just a, you know, it's just a week that's just, uh, you know, it's just packed with bikes and, you know, um, lots of concerts and, and it's just, you know, again, it's just the riding community. I mean, it's kind of the grand granddaddy show of them all, you know, Sturgis is really where it's at and it's evolved, you know, over the years, um, you know, into just, just a, just a mega deal, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking thousands and tens of thousands of people show up for it every year and people taking vacations to do it and you know it's just awesome so uh you know if you've never been and you ride you know it's a great opportunity to go up and check that out uh, it's absolutely whether you win or not but if you want more information about sturgis a chance to win this harley i'll bet you probably have a you have a few deals on like any harley clothing or anything going on yeah we do ironically you know i mean uh today's a today's a huge we got lots of stuff going on in the motor clothes department. We just uh, we just built a brand new T-shirt wall in the Harley Davidson dealership. It's just awesome. So you know, 60 plus Harley Davidson T-shirts that you can see and and do some easy shopping over there. So that's cool to see. But yeah, absolutely. You know, they're making deals left and right on bikes this morning already. Lots of stuff going on in motor clothes and parts. So yeah, definitely come on down and check it out. It'll be a great day. Tell them how they find you, Mark. Absolutely. So you can find us first off on the web at www.sunharleydavidson.com, or you can visit us at about 89th and Pearl Street. Uh, just take I-25 to the 84th Avenue exit. Go east two blocks to Pearl Street, north on Pearl, right-hand side. You can't miss our complex. Oh, it's huge. It's beautiful and great people, too, Mark. And uh, hopefully this is just a trem- I know it's going to be a tremendous event. Thank you and your uh, 
people down there for being such a great partner to this show for all these years. Well, thank you, Terry. You've done us a, just a great job. It's a great show, and we appreciate everything, appreciate everything you do for the dealership as well. All right. We'll get those Harleys out there, and in a couple of weeks we'll talk. Uh, it's getting ready for ATVs for hunting. Absolutely. That's what's up next. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports. Uh, if you're a Harley guy, you've got to stop by there today. I mean, chance to win a Harley and a trip to Sturgis? Come on. And you know there's free food, and he's going to have the custom bikes there. you just got to stop by. We're going to take a break in a minute, and we'll be joined by Nate Zielinski. But before that, I want to reiterate again about our, our Facebook page, uh, Terry Wicks from Outdoors on Facebook. If you'd have been following it over the last, say, three, four weeks, here's some of the stuff you would have seen. I went uh, jumbo perch fishing. I did a couple things in Minnesota. We tested some baits, went for jumbo perch, caught like 40 of them, kind of showed you the techniques and the baits we used. That's on the page as a video right now. We, um, I did a smallmouth bass video up there showing baits and techniques and how my partner Greg Claudio and I approached a very clear uh, mine pit reservoir that's very much like a lot of our mountain reservoirs here uh, for smallmouth bass. Did some largemouth bass fishing where we just really, really smacked some big, I mean big fish, and right in the thickest cover. But then the last week, I did three articles from um, my Denver Post column from last year. And what I did on those articles was I uh, I went back to this time frame last year, a little previous to what we're going into, and pulled up articles, or a little later, I mean, pulled up articles to what was going on. Now, last year was a different season, obviously. But I did a couple fishing articles, uh, one with uh, uh, an interview with Austin Parr, who, by the way, I want to thank two weeks ago, Austin filled in while I was up there. And oh, I was at ICAST that week, and Austin filled in. And, of course, he's down at Discount Tackle. Stop by and tell him you heard him on the show. He always does a great, great job. But I did two fishing articles from last year and a hunting article from last year. And those articles are going to help, even though it was a different year, are going to help you plan going into August for your fishing and hunting activities. So go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And we also, Karen posts, whenever we put a new video on our YouTube channel, it gets posted there, um, new columns, anything. So it's a great way to follow if we have a special guest coming up on the show. There's just so many things we put up there that you can follow on this show and contests. We use that as a center point for a lot of our contests. So follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll be joined by Nate Zielinski on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors at 104.3 The Fan.